It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCW Sitka. Today is Friday, August 12th. I'm Meredith Reddick, and this is Raven News. Former Governor Bill Walker is attempting a political comeback. Walker was in Sitka for a couple of days campaigning before Tuesday's primary election. He spoke with KCW's Robert Woolsey. If you're new to Alaska, Bill Walker is probably just a name on a campaign brochure. But if you were around a decade ago, you may remember him as a well-connected, business-minded, independent candidate who outflanked a Republican incumbent and won the governor's office with the promise of bringing discipline to Alaska's finances. Bringing discipline to Alaska's legislature was another matter, and although the Senate backed his restraint, the House of Representatives did not, and Walker in 2016 was compelled to use his veto power to have a proposed dividend check of about $2,000 per Alaskan to just over $1,000. That plus an income tax proposal, comprised the wedge that then-candidate Mike Dunleavy used to hold open the door to push Walker out in 2018. Although it cost him the office, Walker knew exactly what he was doing. I want the highest dividend we can possibly pay, but not at the expense of high taxes and not at the expense of a weakened government services like uh, education, public safety, marine highway system. We need to be healthy in those areas as well. Walker recalls that Dunleavy campaigned on a return to a statutory dividend formula that even hardened conservatives like Sitka Senator Bert Stedman think is out of date and on checks many thousands of dollars larger than the $2,000 Walker vetoed in 2016. Those checks never materialized, Walker notes, because the governor doesn't have a checkbook. Only the legislature does, and while the governor can downsize the budget, he can't upsize it. Walker says the governor's job is to keep things going. Governments need stability. You know, when oil goes to $26, you know, ConocoPhillips can lay down a drill rig. I can't lay down education and won't. I can't lay down public safety and won't. I can't stop the marine highway system and won't. So we need stability in our revenue source, not the roller coaster of of the highs and lows, because it's a terrible way to run. You just can't run government services that way. With the permanent fund now at $80 billion, it's within striking distance of the $100 to $120 billion target that Walker believes would fund state government without a bunch of taxes. The recent high price of oil is a boon, but Walker, an oil and gas attorney, is not confident it will last. What goes up comes down, he says. Every governor spins the oil wheel. He wants to bring back generational thinking into government and says this separates him from Democrat Les Guerra, the former state representative who's also on the primary ballot. Walker says his status as an independent is an advantage. You know, we had one independent president in, the, in our nation's history, and that president was President Washington. And what he said was, I don't want to be the president of a party. I want to be the president of a nation. And so I don't want to be the governor of a party. I want to be the governor of a state. And so I think that's one of the differences, perhaps, that, uh, that we might have. And although I, mean, I love how everybody is bipartisan, but bipartisanship has an expiration date, and that's the election. And boy, right after the election, that seems to seem to change quite a bit as far as this whole bipartisan. And I don't have any choice. I don't have a, when you don't have a party, you work with everybody. The U.S. Supreme Court's recent decision to overturn Roe v. Wade has made the right to an abortion a campaign issue for state candidates everywhere. 
Representative Guerra, the Democrat, describes himself as the only pro-choice candidate among the major contenders on the primary ballot. Walker believes his unity ticket with Lieutenant Governor candidate Heidi Dreigas balances the question. My personal beliefs, I personally, I am pro-life, and Heidi, my running mate, is pro-choice. But that's somewhat irrelevant from the standpoint we, we both acknowledge that our Constitution is clear. Our, under our Constitution, the right to privacy is a protected privacy right, and we will protect that. We'll defend that. And so uh, nothing will change uh, under our watch in that regard. Alaska is fortunate to have the Constitution we have. We are aggressively uh, anti-constitutional uh, convention. We think leave our Constitution alone. If it needs to be amended at some point down the future for, for, for whatever reason, then, then that's another process. Heidi Dragas was Walker's Commissioner of Labor and Workforce Development during his previous four years as governor, a well-known figure in interior Alaska with connections by marriage to Southeast. Walker says recent polling suggests the walker Dragas ticket can win in a final round of ranked-choice voting. In 2014, however, he and Byron Malott, the Democratic candidate, joined forces after the primary to unseat Republican Sean Parnell. Walker says that dropping Dragas and forming a similar super ticket with Les Guerra is not in his plans. I don't see that happening. I'm very honored to be running with with Heidi, and uh, I haven't given a a single second thought about creating anything other than the ticket that we have. Bill Walker is one of 10 candidates for Alaska governor on the ballot in this Tuesday's primary election. The top four candidates on Tuesday will move on to the general election in November. On the backside of the ballot are the names of the three candidates hoping to take the late Don Young's place in the U.S. Congress, but just until the winner of the November general election is sworn in next January. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Former mayor and Sitka Assembly member Valerie Nelson is vying for the mayor's chair again. Nelson last served as an Assembly member from 2019 to 2021 and did not seek re-election last year. KCW's Catherine Rose spoke with her about her decision to run again for public office. You've served as an Assembly member, you've served as the mayor of Sitka. So why are you jumping back into it this, this year? I'm jumping back in because unlike the incumbents that are running, um, I don't believe that everything is uh, hunky-dory or great and that, you know, that we should continue with the same people on the assembly that are all like-minded. We need diversity. We need people that will ask the hard questions and not just rubber stamp everything that uh, comes down the pike. I uh, had thought that maybe I would leave Sitka and just give up, but um, I still care, and I see a lot of young people struggling to make it, and I see a lot of people taking their families and leaving town, and I think we just need to do everything we can to make things more um, affordable for those people that uh, don't have government jobs and don't make 30 bucks an hour or 20 bucks an hour. I'm a longtime resident of Sitka, almost 70 years. The only reason why I wasn't born here is because my father was in the Navy, but my parents were born and raised here. My seven siblings were born and raised here. I graduated from Sitka High School. I, um, I just care about the community and think that uh, my experience and 
my knowledge sometimes comes in pretty handy, and I have a, a good history of running um, meetings as mayor from 2000 to 2002, um, and I have just tons and tons of paperwork at my house that I'm not yet ready to get rid of. In your, in your most recent term, from 2018 to 2021, what do you think your biggest success was in that role? Well, I, I'm not sure that I have a success because everybody has to work together, and um, it's the majority vote. I do think that I brought a lot of good points to the table, and I was um, relieved when we, um, what I, I, when we, um, what do you say, I guess, terminated a city administrator that I didn't believe was following the code and the charter, and I'm very pleased to have been part of that decision-making body that, that hired uh, Administrator John Leach. And so looking forward to potentially if you're elected as mayor, that would be a two-year term. If, if you're elected, what would your top goal be for those two years? My top goal would to uh, try to hold costs down. We just um, raised every fee that we have, and it's getting to the point where, you know, a, a utility bill with garbage, water, sewer, and electricity, um, even if you conserve your energy and use under 1,000 kilowatts a month, is, you know, $500. And that's a lot when you're making minimum wage and then you're trying to provide for housing and groceries. And, you know, we keep hearing in the news that the price of fuel has gone down. Well, I checked last week when I filled up my car, and it's still almost at 6 bucks a gallon, so it's not going down here. And when people aren't making 8% uh, cost of living increases like a lot of the you know, municipal employees and federal government employees and state employees... Those those people have a hard time making it, so um, it would be my idea that, uh, you know, take and maybe utilize some of the permanent fund. I know that we have, you know, subsidies for utility bills or electrical bills. However, a lot of people are too embarrassed or they don't have Internet or they don't have the knowledge um, to... Um, apply and qualify for those things. That was reporter Catherine Rose speaking with former mayor and assembly member Valerie Nelson, who has filed for the mayor's seat. You can listen to the full interview on our website at kcw.org. Raven News is reaching out to all of the candidates as they file. In September, we'll share detailed questionnaires with biographical information and in-depth policy questions, and we'll host candidate forums leading up to the municipal election on October 4th. I'm Meredith Reddick, and this has been Raven News.